We face the pain that just, that just comes from being a part of a broken world. We get sick. Others around us get sick. We get pushed to our limits. We face unanswered questions, if we're being honest, as we look out at the wider world around us. And we even sometimes can face the pain of fellow believers seeming to wander away from the faith, be drawn towards all the pleasures that the world around holds out. And of course, we ourselves can begin to feel the draw towards those things as well. We sometimes can just be tempted, maybe, to give it up. Is it worth it? All of this and more means that the Christian life, I think, really can be described like a marathon. And to be honest, we can begin to think to ourselves, can't we? Like we've just said, will we make it? Will we make it to the finish line? Will I really get there? And here in this final chapter of 2 Timothy, I think we have an encouragement and a help for us as we face those kinds of questions, those kind of struggles, as we keep on going as Christians, as we keep on running the Christian race. As I said earlier, this chapter seems to record for us the final words of the Apostle Paul that we have in the Scripture. And if you look with me at verses 6 to 7, we see that Paul himself is recognizing this. He knows that his race, well, it's almost over. Look there with me at verses 6 and 7. Listen to how he puts it. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. In these words, Paul is recognizing what we've just said, isn't he? Running the Christian race right through to the end is not easy. And it hasn't been for him. But here he is. He seems to have almost made it. So perhaps about to be condemned to death in Rome, that seems to be possibly the setting of this letter, Paul writes these words. He writes these words to Timothy, his son in the faith. And I think he essentially writes these words to say this to him. He says, listen, my race is almost over. I can see the finish line from where I am. You keep going too. You keep running the race the Lord has set before you. You make sure you get to the finish line as well. And as we hear those words and see what Paul is saying to Timothy, it's good for us to recognize that those same words are written for us today as well. That just as Paul was saying that to Timothy, he is saying that to each of us here this morning. You keep going. You keep running the race the Lord has set before you. You make sure you get to the finish line as well. And to help and encourage us to do that, we're going to see in this final chapter a reminder, firstly, of what running the Christian race will mean for us, what it will involve. And then, from what Paul says, we're going to see three different directions for us to keep looking to, to find help, encouragement, strength to keep going, to keep putting one foot in front of the other, no matter how hard or painful we're finding it. 
So that's where we're going to go this morning. Let's, let's get into the passage a bit more then. And first of all, let's see from Paul's words here three things that running the Christian race will involve. And first of all, we see from Paul's words, it will involve keeping the faith. We start with this, because if you look back at verse 7 again, where we were just a second ago, this is where Paul finishes. What has fighting the good fight, finishing the race involved for Paul? Above all, that he's kept the faith. It's funny, isn't it? Given how Paul so strongly preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ to others, as we've seen in Galatians over the past few weeks, that he finishes there in verse 7 with this very personal summary statement, doesn't he, of what his life has come to, that he has himself kept the faith. Surely if anyone in the whole of the Bible was going to keep the faith, it was Paul, wasn't it? So why does he say this? Well, first of all, I think he says this because he knows that this, at the end of the day, is the main thing for him. The most important thing. As he himself now faces death, nothing else matters more than this. Is he himself still trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of his sins, for his salvation? If he is, he knows that as he says elsewhere in Philippians, well then, to die really will be gain. Because he will come to be with his Christ, his saviour forever. If he is trusting in Christ as he approaches this finish line, he knows that yes, He will cross that finish line here on earth. That will bring death, but that death will only be like walking through a doorway into eternal life to come. And the second reason that I think Paul says this is that there is real danger out there. In Galatians, Paul has been condemning, hasn't he, false teachers for adding to the gospel in some way. And so actually leading people away from the true gospel And if you look with me at verses 3 to 5 in this passage, we see again, I think, this same reality presented to us as Paul reminds Timothy that there is danger out there. As people accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, turning away from listening to the truth and wandering off into myths. There's genuine danger out there, even for Paul even for Timothy, and of course, even for us as well. That having itching ears, we too decide to forsake Christ and Christ alone and instead wander off into myths, into other gospels that at the end of the day are no gospels at all. As we see this, let me just encourage you all, as we see Paul's example here, to put this front and center in your life. As you run the Christian race, you are above all called to keep the faith. The world and the devil will continually throw all kinds of things at you. Temptations for you to fall into. False gospels that you could run to that that maybe in the here and now would make your life easier. But we need to resist them. Every single day, fixing our eyes on Christ fixing our eyes on our hope that is found in him alone. 
when the finish line of this life comes for you, whether for you that's just a few years away or, or 80 or more years away, this is ultimately what will matter. Have you kept the faith? Have you continued right to the end to keep looking to Jesus and Jesus alone for all that you need? Nothing is more important than this. Let Jesus continue to be what your life is all about, right to the finish line. So that's the first thing that finishing the race will involve as Christians that we see here. And that's in some ways, the most important thing. But let's also look now to another thing that we see here that this Christian life, this race, will involve. And that is enduring suffering and opposition. In verse 6, Paul talks of himself there as being poured out as a drink offering. Picking up on the idea that he uses elsewhere of presenting our bodies as living sacrifices. And in this is a clear reminder that, as we said at the beginning, the Christian race will not be easy. It will, in many ways, come at a cost. If we're going to fight the good fight, the reality is we're going to receive some knocks along the way. Paul himself has literally faced storms and shipwrecks, along with, of course, imprisonment beatings, and this seeming looming sentence of death that he has here. That's what he's faced as he's kept running the race. It has not been plain sailing. In fact, we even see some of other things that Paul's faced laid out for us later on in this chapter. If you look at verse 10, we see Demas deserting him. In verse 14, we see Alexander the coppersmith doing him great harm. And in verse 16, we even see him seeing, saying that everyone close by to him, well, they've deserted him when he needed them most. Paul knows that the Christian life will involve enduring suffering and opposition. And I think that's what lies behind, if you look with me at those first two commands he gives to Timothy in verse 5. Recognizing the temptation that there is to wander off into myths, likely added to because of these ongoing difficulties we face as Christians, Paul writes this, As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Paul has endured a lot of suffering in his life. And he's calling Timothy and each of us to do the same. He's saying, listen, I have fought the good fight. Now you press on and do the same, even as that comes with significant knocks, difficulties, setbacks. Don't even for a second let those throw you off course. Don't let them stop you. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Be sober-minded. Don't be rash or foolish as you respond to all that life throws at you. And bear with the hardships that you're facing. They're not a surprise. We're going to expect them as Christians. But of course, as we'll see in a bit, we can also be sure that God will be with us in those moments. And he will help see us through. There is no easy answer to the various difficult situations, the sufferings that many of us, even right now, 
are facing, or we have faced in our past, or we will face in the future, whether that's specifically related to being a Christian or not. We do live in a broken world where sin continues to have a hold. But Paul's words and his example speak to each of us, no matter what we're facing, telling us to keep going, reminding us that what we're facing isn't a surprise, and it isn't a surprise to God. If you're going to finish the race, you will face suffering and opposition. There is hope, though. We're going to come to that in a moment. Before we get there, though, just the things that will help us and encourage us to finish the race well. There's one more thing, then, that I think we see here that Paul says running the Christian race will involve, and that is fulfilling your ministry. We see that language, don't we, at the end of those commands that we've just seen in verse 5. As Paul says to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And those commands pick back up on where Paul opened the chapter as well. If you remember, in those opening two verses, he charges Timothy, doesn't he, in the presence of God and remembering Christ's return to preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. In some ways, if you've been with us over the past few Sunday mornings, we've seen Paul's example of doing exactly this as he wrote the book of Galatians. What's he doing there? He's preaching the word, the gospel, and he's reproving, he's rebuking those who need rebuking, and he is exhorting everyone, hold fast to the gospel. That's what Paul's life has been about. And now he calls Timothy to do the same, doesn't he? Because for Paul, it has always been about and will always be about the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we said earlier, there are many who are in danger of wandering away, wandering away from that gospel. There are many who would look to lead others away. And so Paul makes this clear to Timothy. He says, you are to do all you can, no matter what opposition you face, in season, out of season, Preach the word. Preach the truth. That's what he calls it, doesn't he, in verse 4. This, for Paul and for Timothy, is what running the Christian race will involve. The day by day, week by week, preaching of God's word, of his truth. Remembering the reason that we preach it is that one day, as we see in verse 1, Christ will return. And on that day, he will judge the living and the dead. And the only hope on that day is that people have come to Jesus and trusted in him. Now this, I guess, as we think about it, is easy to apply to others like Paul and Timothy, to pastors perhaps like Steve and I and others like us. What we see here is what fulfilling our ministry will look like. If we're going to be faithful, we're going to preach the word, remembering the urgency and importance of doing that. So that's what we want to keep doing, what we want to do here at Great Vic every single week, preach the word, the truth. But of course, most of us here this morning aren't pastors or elders. So what will our race involve? First of all, whoever we are, I do think 
we see in these words something that can be applied to us. Remember, if you've been with us in the evenings over the past little while, we've been looking at the book of Acts. And there we've seen that all of us as Christians have in some ways been called to be Jesus' witnesses. Right to the ends of the earth. And so that will mean, like Paul calls Timothy to do, doing the work of evangelists, talking to people about Jesus, showing them the truth that is found in God's word. For every single one of us, in our own unique context and situations, in our families and our friends, running the race will involve fulfilling our ministry by telling others and pointing them to Jesus. I wonder, who is it that God has put around you at the moment, in your life, that you could be talking about Jesus with? As you think about that, as Paddy was talking about earlier, we have that course, Hope Explored, coming on. Could there be someone that God is putting on your heart for you to invite to that, to bring along? We might not all feel our gifting is evangelism, And that's okay. But every one of us here has a responsibility as a Christian to share the good news in whatever way that looks like, to go out there and tell others about Jesus because we have found our hope in him. And we want others to know about that too. But then even if only briefly, I think it's worth saying that there is inevitably going to be a uniqueness to the ministry that we're going to be called to fulfill as we run our race. Maybe your service of Christ involves children's work. Maybe it involves visiting the elderly and those who are less able to be out. Maybe it involves leading the music. Maybe it involves making graphics for social media. Maybe it involves putting together lists of church members. Whatever your ministry is, there is beauty there. There is beauty there because we are all, each and every one of us, fulfilling our ministry and serving our Lord. We are together running the race, running the marathon that is before us. Let's press on in using our gifts, using our time, our energy, our money, all for one purpose, for the building up of God's people and for the growth of God's kingdom. I can't answer this for you, but I wonder as you look to the years ahead that God will give you, What will fulfilling your ministry look like? What will it mean for you to press on in serving Jesus? And even for those of you who who perhaps feel you've got uh, a few years ahead of you, who might God be calling you to persevere on behalf of in prayer or calling or encouraging In the years left that God gives every single one of us, let's look to seek God's guidance and will for our lives, and then let's press on in fulfilling our ministry and using all that God has given us for his glory as we serve him. Right, so Paul, particularly in these opening verses, is laying out for us here, isn't it, the reality of what running the Christian race will involve. And well, We each will have our own unique race to run. There are three really helpful general principles there for us to have in our minds. But now, and I'm really thankful for this, 
And I've been so encouraged myself this week as I've been looking at this for what we see in the rest of this letter as well. Because we see in the rest of this letter now, Paul pointing us to three things that we can do as we run our race to help us keep going. Even when we're feeling perhaps the pull away from the faith, when we're feeling the pain of suffering, when we're feeling like it's just hard work to keep going in our ministry. And all of these three ways are going to involve running the race with our eyes open. As we run our race, we're to run with eyes wide open, looking ahead, looking around us, and ultimately looking up. Let's take those in turn. And first of all, let's see that we're to keep running and reach the finish line like Paul. If we're going to do that, we're going to need every single day to run with our eyes open, looking ahead. Remembering that it is worth keeping going. Look at verse 8 with me. Paul has fought the good fight. He has finished the race. He has kept the faith. And it will all be worth it. Because he writes, Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. For those running the London Marathon and who are really struggling at mile 19 or even at mile 3, like I probably would be, what can help us keep going? What can help them keep going? Well, it's the thought that at that finish line, they will get the medal, they will get the T-shirt, whatever it is that says, yes, you made it, you finished. What makes the Olympic athlete press on through the daily pain of training? It's the thought that one day, when they cross that finish line, that gold medal will be around their necks. They keep their eyes on the prize. And by doing that, they keep going, even through all kinds of pain and suffering. Well, if that's the case for the marathon runner, if that's the case for the Olympic athlete, how much more is that the case For the Christian. Yes, we've said life in the here and now isn't and won't always be easy. But we press on remembering what Paul is remembering here, keeping our eyes on the prize, remembering that if we do keep the faith right to the end, we also will receive the crown of righteousness. Which isn't this amazing? It says there, the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to each of us. What a moment that will be. When all you feel like you can see and feel at the moment is the pain and the problems. When you're running out of energy, stop for a moment and look ahead, like Paul does here. Look ahead to that moment when each of us will at last attain full righteousness. That's always been ours in Christ, but then it will be fully realized. This is our hope as Christians. As Paul will put it later on in Galatians, we'll come to this, the hope of righteousness. That one day we will be made perfect, completely like Christ our Savior. And on that day we will then reign with him forever. 
No more sin. No more sadness. No more pain. No more grief. We will, as Paul later puts it there in verse 18 as well, we will be brought safely into our Lord's heavenly kingdom. A kingdom beyond compare. Reigned by a God beyond compare. We are only ever going to keep running right to the finish line if we again and again keep looking ahead. Remembering it is worth keeping going. Just as death wasn't the end for Christ, so it will not be the end for us. It will just be the beginning. We sang this earlier, didn't we? What a foretaste of deliverance. How unwavering our hope, Christ in power resurrected, as we will be when he comes. Let's day by day look ahead to that day, keeping our eyes on the prize, pressing on, remembering it will be worth it. So that's the first way that Paul, his words here, encourage us and help us to keep on running, finishing the race well, by reminding us to keep looking ahead. Now, see with me from verse 9 onwards, a second God-given way that we have to keep on running. And that is by running with our eyes open, looking around us, looking around us to fellow believers and partners in the gospel who can also help us to keep going in this Christian race that we're a part of. Paul has realized over the course of his Christian life that his race is not one that he alone is running. But it's just like that marathon. Those pictures of those marathon, there are so many others running alongside him. Alongside him, the ones who he can help and encourage. The only serious run that I've ever done in my life was the Bath Half Marathon, a long time ago when I was at uni, in a little bit better shape. And I specifically remember that at mile nine or so of that course, they'd taken us off, I don't know why, onto some back road in the middle of nowhere, where there were very few spectators. And of course, at that point, by that point, the field of of runners had spread pretty thin. So there weren't many people alongside me. And I remember very, very clearly that just feeling that question, am I going to keep going? Is it worth it? All I could hear was my heavy breathing. My legs were filled with pain. But then as I carried on running, I looked around me and and suddenly I spotted my oldest brother who'd, who'd come to Bath to run the race with me. Now, my my brother, I must admit, is a much better runner than me. He's a proper runner. But I think at this point, he just had a second kid. I think he was having about two hours of sleep, and he'd gone out a bit too hard. And so he was struggling. But I just remember that there was a moment there, as we came beside each other, that we looked each other in the eye, and we said, keep going. You're almost there. Keep going. You can do it. And I think, as we look back, for both of us, that was a big moment in getting to the finish line, in keeping going right to the end. And that, I think, is the imagery that we see here in this passage. 
Just look at what Paul says, in particular in verse 9. Having been deserted by Demas, which we read about in verse 10, and having seen others move on to serve the Lord elsewhere, Paul says this to Timothy, doesn't he? Do your best to come to me soon. And he repeats that again, doesn't he, in verse 21, saying, do your best to come before winter. Paul has almost made it, but it seems he just longs for that bit of encouragement, that support that Timothy could bring for him, along with perhaps the provisions, the practical provisions he can bring with that warm cloak and those scrolls. There's something beautiful here, isn't there? Timothy, Paul's son in the faith, was also someone who could help him in those days, in those final days. And I'm sure that Timothy, seeing Paul, well, he would also have gathered great encouragement and help from being together with him. I wonder, is there someone in your life like that? And I don't just mean by that, do you have a good friend who you can have a laugh with? That is good too. But is there someone who, on that day, when you're feeling the weight of your sin, on that day, when you're feeling like giving up, for whatever reason, you can pick up the phone and say, do your best to come to me soon. I need your wisdom. I need your encouragement. I need your support. If I'm going to stay the course... If I'm going to keep the faith, if I'm going to fulfill my ministry, come and help me to do that. Look for those kind of people in your life. Invest in them, spend time with them. And then also, look to be yourself someone who can encourage others in that way as well. For Paul, that special person was Timothy. But if you look at verse 11, he also had others, didn't he? Luke, who was with him. And then he asks also for Mark to come too, because it will be useful to him for his ministry. Over the years, Paul is realizing he can't do it on his own, and he isn't called to. The list of names is so long here, isn't it? Of who Paul has seemingly at some point in his journey come alongside and encouraged. We see in verse 10, Crescens, Titus, Uh, Verse 12, Tychicus. Verse 13, Carpus. Verse 19 and 20, if you jump with me, Priscilla, Aquila, Onesiphorus, Erastus, Trophimus, Eubulus, Pudens, Linus, Claudia. What's one of the ways that that God has given Paul to keep going to the end? Brothers and sisters in Christ. People to run that race alongside people to encourage him and to be encouraged by, people to partner with. This to me is such a great picture of the church. God has given us fellow believers to run the race alongside, fellow believers to meet up with regularly. And he's done that for a reason, so that we can build each other up, so that we can spur each other on, so that we can say to the person beside us. Keep going. It'll be worth it. How could you help someone, even today like this? Perhaps after the service, 
You could ask the person sat near you, how are you doing? How are you actually doing? Is there anything you're finding really hard at the moment in your race? Anything you're really struggling with? Is there anything I can do to help you in that? And then perhaps as they ask you similar questions, you could then just take some time to pray. Pray together. Ask for God's help. Of course, that's what we all need, isn't it? Here at Great Vic, we want to be a church where we genuinely love and care for each other. And not just at a surface level. God has given us people here who we will see week by week. And he's done that for a purpose. Let's not try to do it all on our own. That's not what we've been called to. wonder, is there someone you've been thinking even over the past little while, that would be someone I'd love to read the Bible with, pray with regularly. Just encourage you, take the plunge. Go for it. As you press on towards the finish line, run with your eyes open. Look around you. Look around you to fellow believers who can come alongside you and help you to keep going. And you look to do that for others as well. Of course, as we do that, Paul's words here aren't completely positive about others. Well, he has in no doubt been enabled to do all he has, to press on like he has, because of those God has put around him, he's also ended up hurt. Verse 10, as we said, hurt by Demas. Verse 14, opposed by Alexander the coppersmith. In verse 16, Paul even says that at his first defense, this trial perhaps that he was facing, now no one came to stand by him, but all deserted him. What that desertion looks like, we don't know. It doesn't seem from how Paul is writing here that people like Timothy and Luke and others deserted him. But there is something important here to remember in what Paul's saying. We can and we should look to find encouragement and God-given help from looking around us to other believers. But we should also remember that even they can and sometimes will let us down. They can even end up hurting us. There is only ever one person who really won't ever let you down. And that is the Lord. So as we close this morning, here's our final encouragement that I want us to leave ringing in our ears. We're only ever going to keep running that race, finish our race well, if we every single day run with our eyes open, looking up. Looking up. Remembering that we don't have to do it in our own strength. But we do it in the Lord's strength. And with the Lord's help, he will keep us going right to the end. Just look at verses 17 and 18 with me. Paul writes that even though all others deserted him, the Lord stood by me. And strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. There is something so encouraging, so hopeful in those words, isn't there, for every single one of us. We are not running the race 
alone. The Lord is right there with us. And just when we feel our faith might fail, he will hold us fast. Just when we feel like the tempter, well, he might prevail. He will hold us fast. We are safe in the arms of the Lord. He knows all of our struggles. He knows all of the suffering. He knows the difficulties and challenges that even right now we are facing. And he will rescue you. He will rescue you from every evil deed. And he will bring you safely into his heavenly kingdom. God is where we look to in it all. As you run the race that the Lord has set before you, as you look to keep the faith, as you look to endure suffering and opposition that comes your way, fulfill your ministry, here's what I'd encourage you to do. Every single day from this passage, run with your eyes open. Every single day, look ahead. Keep your eyes on the prize. Remind yourself that it is worth keeping going. Every day, look around you. Who's one person who today I can encourage, come alongside, help or support, or, or who I could run to as I struggle? And every single day, above all, look up. Keep looking up. And remember that you can't and you won't get there purely in your own strength. But you don't have to. Ask for the Lord to keep you going. To help you keep putting one foot in front of the other. Because the promise is here. He will do that. He will not let your foot slip as you press on in your Christian race. As you press on towards the finish line. Look at verse 22. Paul's final words to Timothy and to all of us. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. May you, this week, know God's presence and help with all that you're going to face. And may you know God's abounding grace and favor that rests with you as you run the race right to the finish line. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Paul. We thank you so much for his example of running the race right to the end, of fulfilling his ministry, Lord, ultimately of keeping the faith. Lord, we thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you so much that we find all that we need in him. Lord, help us to keep on fixing our eyes on him. Help us to keep the faith. And Lord, as we've just been saying, we don't want to do that in our own strength. We can't do that in our own strength. Lord, every single day, keep us coming back to you. And Lord, please, would you be our strength. You be our hope. You be our help. Whatever we're going through. Lord, help us to remember that glorious future day 
when we will receive the crown of righteousness. Lord, who are we to receive that crown? And yet that is what you promise us in the Lord Jesus. And so we thank you and we praise you. Lord, please would you hold us fast to you right to the very end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to close by singing that song, He Will Hold Me Fast, as we look up, as we press on in our race, we look to our God, who will hold us fast. Let's stand and respond as the musicians play.
Now with that glorious reminder of the security and hope we have in our God, let's also hear those words, those final words of 2 Timothy 4 again. This is the hope and the help we have for the week ahead. The Lord be with your spirit. 